0: You're listening to the Die Hard Fantasy Podcast. Here are your hosts, Matt Yeaz and back. Dan DeCenza and Cliff Gill.
1: Welcome to the Die Hard Fantasy Podcast. For all of you fantasy addicts wanting to dominate your league, it's September 3rd, 2021. I'm your host, Matt Yaz, joined by some fellow experts, Dan Descenza and Clifton Gill. How you guys feeling today? I like
2: how you go by your nickname, Matt Yaz. You yep. don't even go with the full proper name. Nah, they gotta know
0: it by that name. Yeah, that's kind of sinister. You stepped it up. My full name got brought up. My out. Full name
1: got brought up. Uh, I, I missed the podcast the last time and I listened in, and it just didn't feel the same to me. Barish, di- Barish I want to shout you out for coming out and helping us out, though. Y'all think he did his thing on there? Or? He did his thing. He dropped some knowledge. Okay, okay. Guys, uh, getting closer to that 50-follow mark on Twitter, I think we're about 7 or 8 followers out. Once we hit that mark, we are going to pick someone random to give $50 to, so make sure you get that out there. Uh, But today, guys, and before that, subscribe, hit the follow, hit the share, hit the review. At Die Hard Podcast. Mm, That's why I always have Dan here remind (laughs) me. Guys, we're going to be going through news of the day, random thought of the day, we have some sleeper picks and... Some value picks, over value picks, some guys we think are steal the draft and maybe should not be drafted. But if you're new and listening in, thank you guys for joining in. We're here to help you dominate your friends and win money in your fantasy leagues. So let's get into the news of the day. A couple things on here. Uh, it says Saquon Barkley is on track to play week one. I'm
2: not surprised. I, I figured he would be. Still, you know, still iffy on. Yeah, still, you know, depending on where you pick in your draft, it obviously falls to the right spot. You know, you gotta take them, but
1: you know, top five, top six. I'm still a little iffy up there. All right, Curtis Samuel expect to be ready week one. Uh, Giovanni Bernard, running back on the Bucks, has an ankle sprain. Doesn't know if he will be ready week one. Uh, T. Y. Hilton. I don't know if you guys brought this up on the last one. T. Y. Hilton is out at least three weeks. So good for Michael Pittman. Him to move into the number one Definitely,
2: and I've heard that Hilton, uh, three weeks, is pretty optimistic. There's a chance he's going to be out a lot
1: longer. So that's possibly good for Zach Pascal, maybe? uh, All right. Uh, Kenny Galladay looks good um, to be ready for week one. They said he was running full speed, participating in practice, so it looks good for him. Still have bad vibes on him. Uh, I agree, but like you said, falls to the right spot, scoop him up. Trey Lance could be out longer than one week, so it looks like it's Jimmy Garoppolo to start. That chipped finger, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I heard y'all talking about that. Y'all didn't know what it was. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but, yeah, that sucks. So, who knows? I guess it's his his job to win. Uh, Irv Smith, did you guys talk about him? Yeah, he got... IR. He's IR out for the season. So,
2: though. the whole yes,
0: season. Yeah. I, I didn't know if it was six. Yeah, they
2: went out and got herned in. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess he's going to step in. They do have Conklin there. Oh, I, I, I think they said Herndon. I really? Think they said that solved right.
1: the, the spot. I I think you don't draft either of these guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You stay away from off the board. The, there's there's I promise you there's twelve better tight ends than the, the guys on that team. But check out week one two and see who the guy is and see if they're fancy relevant. If they are, go pick them up. Um, guys, we got a couple questions from the listeners. Uh, thank you for asking these. We love to interact with you guys. So. Uh, this is from Chris Callahan on Twitter. Uh, how much do you consider strength of schedule when deciding between two players?
0: Uh, that's that's not top on my list. I'm definitely looking at, you know, bye weeks and then maybe the offensive game plan or scheme. I, I take those into consideration a little more like if they're in the passing system or running system, but Strength of schedule, I, I definitely look at it in certain positions, but like maybe defense or something like that, but not, not for any of my top guys that I'm looking at.
1: Yeah, I, I agree for top guys. Uh, running backs and receivers, I don't, but QBs, I think if you're a later-round QB drafter and defenses, I, I I consider it. Um, So let's say you're near the end of the draft and you're between Joe Burrow and Matt Ryan for some reason. What I would do, I would look at the first three to four games that they have. So if it was good defenses from last year, I would consider that. Also, I would look at the final three games, the fantasy playoffs, who has the easier schedule, who plays the Lions and Texans and whoever else. Um, Same for the defenses, though, because, I mean, those first couple games and then the last couple games are obviously crucial. But any other position, I don't as much.
0: Yeah, sorry, uh, but division I guess I do pay attention to division which does, you know, go into strength of schedule. So yeah, yes, I do because division is a big thing when I, you know, when I'm listing guys and trying to judge on their strength of schedule, I guess.
2: Yeah, for the for the the preseason draft, you know, the draft, you know, your main draft before the season, I don't pay attention to it at all. I mean, if you look back at Miami in 2019, they were terrible. So when the strength of schedule is figured in 2020 they're looking at them like Miami's a bad team well would they go 11 and 5 last year mm-hmm. so that to me the teams fluctuate too much teams get better teams get worse i don't i don't use it at all but now if i'm streaming tight ends if i'm streaming if i need to go into the waiver wire and maybe pick up a quarterback or pick up a running back at the end of the season and it's the playoffs I'm definitely gonna look at who they're playing because by then I know who's good, I know who's bad, and then I will definitely judge it by that.
1: Great point. Yeah, yeah I yeah, I think we're all in agreement. The early rounds, uh, if you're between the two players, it's really the who you believe in and what the what the scheme is and the situation, the game situation is. So that's kind of on you. I wouldn't take it in the strength of schedule on that. But thank you, Chris, for the question. Hope we helped. Um, one more from Cayman Smith. Who would you play for a flex position in a PPR league? Gus Edwards, Tyler Boyd, or Mike Davis? Full PPR? Full PPR. I want to hear your guys' thoughts before I go.
2: I mean, I'm Tyler Boyd is pretty pretty uh, tasty in a full PPR, but I'm still going to go with Gus. There's just too many weapons, I think, on uh, Cincinnati. It's going to depend on Jamar Chase mostly, how much he's going to contribute. Gus is just going to get fed the ball, and I know he's not going to get those PPR points. He probably won't even have one catch or maybe one if he's lucky. But, I mean, I could see a touchdown. I could see 25 carries, 100 yards. I am I think he's safer.
0: Yeah, I'm going Gus just because it is week one. I, I want them to, you know, or you to get a feel for what, you know, the trends are going to be. Right now, I think Gus is the safest, so I'm starting with Gus week one and then you know judging off the performance of week one, two, Then I might change it up if you see Tyler Boyd becoming one of his main targets or something like
1: that. All right, Cliff, I had Tyler Boyd, but you actually changed my mind. I was going to say, I, th- I think he's a five-to-seven catch guy, but, yeah, I-, I think I'd go with Gus and go with the safer pick week one. And, I- honestly, I would watch what Mike Davis does, too, see his targets because – Obviously, you know catches are super important at the PPR um, league. So, yeah, I would go Gus too. Cliff, you changed my mind. Cool, cool.
2: And I, I just want to throw out there: if I'm if I'm between trying to decide who to start and it's a running back and a wide receiver and it's very close, and I'm having a hard time deciding. Nine out of ten times, I'm going to err on the side of the running back because the vol they'll probably
1: have more volume. Yeah, I agree more guaranteed volume, right yeah but watch watch, like cliff said watch for trends and tyler boyds and mike davis's
0: uh uh, targets and kind of see from there uh and just before we move on i looked it up so the ravens are playing the raiders so it's a pretty good matchup as far as Mm -hmm. uh against the run
1: it is yeah well guys let's get into the random thought of the day who wants to kick us off
0: i'll kick it off
2: all right. So, I've been on Twitter, and I'm not a big social media guy, but I've been on Twitter a little bit lately, and I've seen a lot of people saying that the Patriots did Cam Newton wrong. said he did him dirty.
1: Okay.
2: I cannot disagree more. I mean, it's Cam Newton. I mean, if Dallas did this to Emmitt Smith, you know, if the 49ers did it to Joe Montana, the Ravens did it to Ray Lewis. Okay, I get it. But it's Cam Newton. The Patriots don't owe him anything. He played there one year, and let's face it, he didn't play that well. Yeah. It's a business. People need to move on. He'll go, he'll be a backup somewhere. He might even start somewhere. Houston, who knows. I think the Patriots did the right thing, and I don't think they did anything wrong.
1: I don't no, I don't mind that. I I don't I really don't think there's 32 quarter starting quarterback or 30, yeah, 32 better than him. I mean, I think he's down the list at like 28, 29, 30. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if it was a cap cap space situation and they didn't want to pay him as much, I guess I understand. Well, that, I that mean, part. I don't think
2: he was making very much, but I think the big thing is, do you you have a rookie quarterback starting? Do you want him looking over your shoulder and know that Cam Newton, you know, yeah, a former MVP. Yeah. Is you know he throws one interception, I don't know am I coming out like yeah. he he doesn't have to worry about that now. It's his team.
1: Yeah, that's a, I like that point. That's mm-hmm. true. All right, well I'll, I'll go ahead and go and clip. I'll leave it to you on the last one. Uh, but I, this is kind of when you're drafting later in the round, sec like number two receivers on teams. So for example, not DeAndre Hopkins, but maybe Rondale Moore. So I, I was looking into some numbers today. And I looked at the teams with the most receiver targets. So teams above 70% last year. So these are teams that threw the ball to receivers more than 70% of the time. The Bills, the Panthers, the Jets, and the Steelers. I know things change in the offseason, but you want to draft that second receiver where they don't check it down, where they don't throw it to the tight end so much. So Travis, Kelsey, Darren Waller, you want to avoid those teams. And I think this leads to a breakout number two guy on the team. So great number two guys I can see this year, Gabriel Davis, wide receiver from the Bills, Robbie Anderson, he's not really a breakout, but I can see him being a very viable option, Darnell Mooney, they were actually at 64% when targeting receivers last year, I think everyone knows C.D. Lamb, but I had to throw him in there, and then the Steelers and Jets over 70%, I don't know who the number two is, so keep an eye on that, but some some of those guys are gonna be on waiver wires, so whoever targets receivers a lot and you're looking for that second receiver, go to that team.
0: Mine's also gonna be on a wide receiver, but I, I do agree with the you know pass-heavy number two guys and then exactly mm-hmm. and uh, stay away from a tight end who soaks it up, and you got a very viable option yeah. now. You know, so mm-hmm. great point. But mine is also on the wide receivers. I was looking the past three years on how many of the, uh, t- you know, wide receivers stayed top twelve from the previous year, and meaning you know, uh, wide receiver number one. And on average, of course, it you know fluctuated by one or two guys a year. But on average, it was you know three to four guys. So and of course, injuries did keep out a couple the players. So maybe you know about five end up translating to number one wide receiver once again the next year. So when I was looking, who would be the five this year? Um, I I had Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, and Justin Jefferson. Those were the five guys I went to uh, went with. But just listen to the names I had to leave leave off: DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Calvin Ridley, Phelan, Lockett, and Mike Evans. That's just a. It's kind of crazy to think about because we would think almost three or four of those other guys would you know, end up being a top 12 For again this sure. year. Like so, A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. I mean, I had to leave those guys out of there just because I wanted to put, you know, Tyreek and Justin Jefferson. Um, another thing, the only two wide receivers that have been in the top 12 the past three years, DeAndre Hopkins and Mike Evans. So, Mike Evans was a little sleeper the past three years. has been top 12. I will say um, Devontae Adams and... Michael Thomas, they were in two of the three years, but had injuries the third year they did. Yeah,
2: same with Tyreek. So, yeah, Tyreek yeah. had an injury. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah,
0: so so three, yeah. So about, you know, I guess that's five of them that could, you know, have been three years straight. But mm-hmm. you want to go get those studs and just know those mid-tier guys could end up being wide receivers two or three.
1: All right, cool. And that that kind of related to your thought of the day the other day when you were saying it's only six got in. So right. Yeah, I mean, injuries happen and – fall-offs have i mean not maybe not even fall-offs but stuff doesn't go their way so yeah i mean
2: out of the top 12 lives sure i'll guarantee you four of them drop out because of injury oh yeah.
1: yeah yeah probably all right well guys let's get into the values of sleepers i'm just going to go through each question um but l- we'll start who do you guys think is undervalued in the draft this year so as far as undervalued, who do you think should be moving? Up, maybe moving up the board, or sh- who should be drafted higher?
2: So to be clear, is it kind of like you think that like um, for their ADP, they should they're they're going to be really good value for right. where they're being drafted at yep. their ADP? Very, very okay. good value.
0: All right, so my guy's Josh Jacobs. Uh, past two years, he's of course he was rookie the in two thousand nineteen, and then in two thousand twenty, he finished as the number eight back. But he's fallen down this year. He Because of Kenyon Drake coming to town, he's fell down the draft board. And I don't see and understand why he has fallen so much just because of Kenyon Drake. I mean, he got 273 carries last year, which averages out to about 18 a game. So that's plenty of, you know, volume. And, yeah, just he's uh, rookie year, finished 14th, and then last year finished 8th back. So, I, I, he's going around the 18 to 20 range as far as running backs, and I just think he's he should be right there in the 12 range. So, Josh Jacobs. All
1: right, yeah, and I kind of see your point because we were talking about this, I don't even think on the podcast, just the other day together, but how uh, is it uh, DeAndre Washington and uh, – Devin Booker. Not Devin, not Devin Booker. <laughs> <but> Devon. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Devontae Buck, Booker because I did that the other time. Yeah, shout out
0: Devin Booker though. <laughs> yep.
2: But, hey, it's Devontae Booker. He's easy to forget. <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, I mean, what if he Kenyon Drake just comes in and and fills that same role? I know they paid him ten million. I think he'll have a little more impact. But I I don't think it's going to be a fifty-fifty. I I think it'll be a sixty-forty. And I mean, most teams nowadays are doing a one-two back, and you you find value for that first running back. So yeah, I guess. But I, I see why he's falling. But yeah, I see why it's a value as well.
2: Well, I, I think when they signed Kenyon Drake, everyone's knee-jerk reaction was, "Oh, that hurts Jacobs so much." Right. Just, and it's been like that all summer. I've been hearing that all summer, and I I don't think people are getting over it. I do think there's some merit to it, though. I do think that Drake is going to cut into his touches. Um, it remains to be seen, though, how much. Um, I I'll be honest. I dropped them down my Jacobs down my board a little bit because of that. Um, I don't like him nearly as much as I did last year, and it is because of Drake. Yeah. And, you know, maybe I had that knee-jerk reaction. I haven't gotten over it yet, so I could be wrong. We'll see.
1: All right. Well, I'll go ahead and go, and I, I love this guy. I'm going to go Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Put up over 1,100 yards as a rookie, and don't forget, guys, he's still on the best t- best offense in the league with little to zero competition. They will always be in scoring position, which, hel- which helps him even more. He only had four touchdowns on 181 carries uh, last year. I see his carries skyrocketing along with the touchdowns. I can easily see top five for him. If you get him as your first running back, awesome. Your second, wow. Yeah, I
2: I agree, and I, I think the only reason why people are down on him is because he didn't get the touchdowns last year.
1: But that's I mean that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So you if he rarely get, see that ratio of how many carries to yeah. how many touchdowns. So
2: if he, he does get those touchdowns this year, he's he's easily inside the top twelve. Easily. Yeah. So I agree with you, that's a good pick right there. I, I think his volume is gonna is gonna be there like it was last year. It just can he get the
1: touchdowns. All right. Go ahead, Dan. He had Josh Jacobs, Clyde Edwards hilaire All
2: right, I'm gonna go James Robinson. Okay. I've seen him going, he's going in I'm doing a lot of mocks. He's going in uh, fourth round. And, I, I mean, there, there's nobody else there. There, uh, Even with ETN, I wasn't really too worried about him. Uh, you know, Carlos Hyde's there. I don't think he's a threat at all. I mean, this guy was a monster last year. He was the number one waiver wire pickup, and he won people championships down the stretch last year. I, I see him getting fed the ball. I think their offense is going to be better. Their offensive line does scare me. It just looked really bad in the preseason it's preseason though who knows was it not last year though and it was last year as well you're right so and he and he did just fine i like him a lot i think he should be going way higher than the mid fourth round and that that's why i think he's undervalued i'm not telling you to go out there and take him like early second round i'm just saying for the fourth round he should be going a little earlier than that
0: Yep, and that was definitely one of the guys who I first thought of. I've, of course, seen you with him, and I love that. I agreed. I couldn't agree more. Same thing with the ETN. I already liked him. He was already being undervalued. Now his value might have went up a little bit, but we were already on that train. We were ready for James Robinson.
2: Yeah, if ETN didn't get hurt, he would probably still be going in the fifth, maybe sixth round. I was yeah, all over yeah, him there.
1: Yeah. Well, you guys are definitely higher on him than I was uh, but yeah, I, I don't think he'll be as he'll get as many carries as last year, just because Trevor Lawrence. Um, they're gonna want to play with their new toy, and then I, I think Carlos Hyde will he'll get more carries than their running backs last year. I don't think it's gonna affect him as much. Fourth round, I love James Robinson. You guys talked me into it, and definitely now that ETN is injured, but. Yeah, I guess I like the value.
0: I, I view him as a Joe Mixon, a very similar situation as yeah. you know Joe Burrow came in last year. Joe Mixon was a workhorse the year Joe Burrow wasn't there. And then when he came in, Bengals threw a lot. I see that happening with James yeah. Robinson was a workhorse last year. They're going to throw a lot this year. It could be very similar to yeah. Joe Mixon.
2: Yeah, if I go out and get my running back one in the first round and then you know I come back I take a wide receiver second round, especially if I'm at the end of the third round, and James Robinson sitting there, I'm more than happy with him as my number two. I, i, I I'm not sure how he's not going higher. I don't know. Maybe it's just me and Cliff. Who knows? Yeah.
1: <laughs> hey, take the deal if you can get it. Uh, guys, we'll go ahead and move on to the next question. Who is your player who you think is overvalued? Dan, kick us off.
2: All right, mine, I thought this was pretty easy. I'm going to say Jamar Chase.
1: Okay, I actually like that yeah,
2: a lot. Yeah, I – And and there has been a lot of camp news that he's struggling. He's going to lose um, targets and snaps to Auden Tate. Even before that, his ADP is – and I'm basing this on ADP, obviously, like we said. His ADP is in the fifth round. That's ridiculous. That is insane to me. Last year, the highest rookie wide receiver was Jerry Judy, ADP, ninth round. Really? Justin Jefferson was also ninth round. So you're going to tell me that Jamar Chase is going to have – Four-round more value than those two guys, especially Justin Jefferson? No way. And then if you go back to 2019, Metcalf, Mm -hmm. ninth round as well, ADP. Why is Jamar Chase up at the fifth round? I don't see it. I am not going anywhere near him in the fifth round. I wouldn't even look at him. He'll be long gone. Someone else is going to take him. I ain't looking at him until the
0: ninth round. Yeah, and keep in mind, he hasn't played football in a year, yeah. much less you know college football in a year, much less NFL yeah, football. Yeah. So. Yeah. Fifth round. No,
1: Whew. I love, I love, love, love that take. Every mock draft I've had, I've, I've avoided him in the sixth round, to be honest, because, yeah, I mean, there's too many. I mean, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, second-year player, it's too many weapons to go around, man, and, and Joe Mixon's there, yeah, I just don't see where the value is in the fifth round at all, dude. On, on,
2: honestly, I'm taking Corey Davis. I'm taking Lavisca Chennault over him. You know, I, I have him. I just don't get it. I really don't. He's a rookie. Maybe next year we'll be talking about him. You know, top twenty wide receiver, top fifteen. But right now, no way.
1: It's just I think the odds are against you. Exactly. With the yeah, that's a good point. That's so, a, that's I, a good way to phrase it. There's yes. more. There's more receivers that are going to have more volume that is known rather than taking that, that chance in the fifth round. Yeah, I'm not gambling that much on a fifth-round pick. Nope, I agree. I like it. Um, I'll go ahead and go. DJ Chark, receiver from the Jaguars, is my guy I think is overvalued. As a rookie, he was pretty much irrelevant for fantasy football. His second year uh, with with Gardner Minshew, he, we saw some glimpse of him, but then he wasn't thrown to. Gardner kind of didn't throw to him that much. Last year, he was on a 1-15 team. Didn't really do much either. Even with Trevor Lawrence coming to town, you got the addition of Marvin Jones, uh, the hype train of Laviska Chenault being the guys. Uh, Through 24 games played in his career, he's only finished in the top 24 four times, which is a wide receiver too. I think there's too many options on that team. His ADP in the 7th, 8th round, I would much rather have a guy like Robbie Anderson with a known value uh, or a breakout candidate that i believe in more than chart
0: yeah and i was on the wide receiver rankings today because i was doing the thought of the day and he finished 48th last year so mm-hmm. he definitely was nothing to have last year so that's
1: why I'm, i think people are still trying to give him a, a chance but i mean it's year four guys and I don't know. He just hasn't really showed it. So yeah,
2: he he's not even my top wide receiver on that team. That's why I think yeah. it's
1: Marvin Jones. I think it could be Lavisca. I, I think, think it, it's Lavisca. It's a Bengals yeah. situation again yeah. with a worse.
2: I I, uh, I do. I mean, it could be Jones. I I actually like both of them yeah. better than Shark. I, I, I really agree. do. And they're
1: both being drafted behind. Him. Right.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that good take. Uh, that's a good pick.
0: My overvalued is going to be Thielen, not so much because he's going super early in the drafts or being drafted way too high, but I think he's going to have a huge drop-off from last year, and yes, he is being drafted a little high. Uh, he finished top 10 last year, I think it was 8, if I'm not mistaken, and that was pretty much because he had the third most receiving touchdowns in the league yeah, he did. That, that carried the weight. He didn't have uh, ten. He didn't get ten receptions all of last year. He didn't have one game with ten receptions. So he did not get the targets or the. He might, may have been targeted by Kirk Cousins, but they definitely didn't connect um, ten times ever. So it's just a guy I'm avoiding. I don't like the situation. Jefferson's gonna have a big year, and then Dalvin to tote the ball twenty-five times a game. I'm staying away from Thielen. Definitely way worse than last year, and still a little drafting a little too high.
2: I, I love that take. I'm way out on him, too. And the main reason why is I actually crunched the numbers. He had 14 touchdowns last year. If he loses half of those touchdowns and gets seven this year, which is pretty respectable, it's decent, he's not even in the top 24. Yeah. That's why That's I, I think like that's that. a good pick.
1: Yeah, I agree. And like we've said in previous podcasts, they spent $41 million guaranteed on their defense. They don't want to throw the ball 40 times a game. Kirk Cousins had the best efficiency, his touchdown efficiency ever in his career. I see that dropping. I see Adam Thielen's touchdown dropping. Yeah, I, Cliff, I love that pick. I think he's overvalued. I'm not saying I'm avoiding him, but I'm not taking him where he's being drafted at. Right. And someone else will take him. So good takes, guys. I like that. Uh, which, what is one player, or who is one player moving up your draft board that you had lower uh, recently going into the season?
0: All right, and mine—the guy I see moving up is Kamara. Yes, he. Mm, of course, there we he, go. Yeah, of course, he was a first-round pick. Like so, moving up a couple picks is big because he's a first rounder. So those count for a little more yes, than moving up. He's either six yeah. or three. Right, yeah, that's right. a big that's difference. That's a big jump. So yeah, for yet, a first rounder, yeah, yeah. So yes, he's only moving up to two spots maybe you know maybe three but my guys Kamara and it's because of the QB situation it played out in the good side of things and Jameis is under center he's going to check down a little bit they're definitely going to throw more and hopefully Taysom is not in the uh, obviously he won't be in the um, game as much but hopefully not about the same as Drew Brees and then I see Kamara doing the same thing anyways he was at you know that four to six range I'm moving him up into the solid three or four. You are not going to go wrong at three or four. He's getting bumped up, and now I'm feeling safe. I, I hate at when – sorry, guys, but starting the season, I hated uh, picks three and four. I no longer think that I'm fine with Kamar, Kamara at either one of those spots.
1: Yeah, I you know, I've been pretty high on Kamara. I think he's always been the number three. Uh, regardless of – I I'm definitely now that Jameis, you're right, 100%. That helps way more. I, I don't even hate him at two. I'm not going to lie. I I have the second spot. I'm taking Dalvin, but I don't hate you if you take Kamara there at all. Jameis is under center. Michael Thomas is out six weeks. Yeah. I, they don't have targets, guys. Alvin Kamara, they're going to run the ball through Al- – run the team through Alvin Kamara if they want to win. Mm-hmm. Their number one receiver is Marquez Callaway. We haven't seen him – do anything really except for the preseason. So I love that take. I'm yeah. glad you're on the train now.
0: Ah, uh, yes. I bet Kamara leads their team in receptions the first eight weeks. I, I bet he'll be the reception. I leader. don't disagree. I, don't. I I like to take, and I agree with you. He's he moved up for me as well.
2: But only because Jameis was named the starter. Right. So that's that 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 was the sure. big that was that's the only reason for me. That's the only reason why I was a little bit hesitant because I didn't want them to name Hill the starter, and then I probably would have been out on Camara if I was in the top seven. Oof. You know, top six. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm. You know? I guess I have a different opinion. Yeah. I mean, he was still three or four. I wouldn't hate if you take Henry, but yeah, I think if you're half PPR PPR, you go Camara number three. Yeah,
2: I, 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 in, d- so. I, just, I guess I just didn't have confidence in Hill. I, I feel like Hill, I instead no. of instead of ch- checking the ball down the Camara, yeah. he's going to take off and run. Yeah, that's what I'd be worried about.
1: All right, I agree. Well, uh, one guy that's moving up, mine is Gus Edwards. Oh, duh, Matt. Of course you're going to move up <laughs> Gus Edwards. JK's out for the season. But okay, here's the here's what I'm saying though. J.K. was being drafted. I like that voice you just did. And that was the. That's like the, the dummy voice. That was the uh, opinions of the listeners right there. <laughs> so, J.K. was being drafted late second, early third, right? Gus is going fourth, late fourth? Yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah. I want to know why. What I is mean, the, honestly,
2: look, I've seen J.K. going high as like 14, 15.
1: So, so I, have, I understand I see a, a, a gap in talent between J.K. and Gus Edwards. So, I see that. Last three years, though, and this is Gus Edwards, 700 yards the last three years, and that's sharing the backfield with J.K., with Mark Ingram two years. So he's consistent. They paid him uh, to stay on the team for for two more years this year. He's going to get you five yards a carry every time. He's on the most run-heavy team. I, I just don't understand why he's not going where J.K. was going. I see a top 15 finish if he stays healthy. I see him with over 250 touches. Honestly, I don't see him catching the ball a lot, but he, dude, he can get 10 plus touchdowns, 250 carries.
2: I agree. I mean, like you said, he had 700 yards the last three years, splitting not even getting 50 percent of the carries probably. Yeah. And there's no reason why he's not getting over a thousand yards. He's getting. He's gonna get some touchdowns, probably more than he had in the past few years. I like and I agree. There's a talent drop off, but mm-hmm. just because of the volume. I don't think it's that much honestly because he's going to have that much volume I really believe
0: and yeah I love to take I definitely think he moves up the board obviously but I do see why he's being drafted later than JK and it's just because JK was a all-purpose back he he caught it I know Gus can catch it but he's a little quicker than Gus in the past game things like that they run plays around JK as to Gus, he kind of runs, you know, up and down the field, gonna go up the middle, and then when they do have their change of pace back, Tyson Williams been getting a lot of news. Yeah, I think I think he will play a pretty good size role on the team.
1: No, I do too. Um, but he, here's what I see: one thing happening is because J.K. was gonna get a lot of carries regardless um, if Gus Edwards is there. Now I think Gus Edwards, from Gus Edwards to Tyson Williams, now. That's a big drop-off, in my opinion. I mean, I guess we've never seen the guy play, really, but I think Gus Edwards is going to get more carries than J.K. was going to get this year. So I just see so much volume. I agree
2: I agree with that, actually. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, I mean, if you get him in the fourth round, great. I mean, you, you did good. So are,
2: are you guys happy with him if you had him as your number two? Yes. RB two? How about you, Clifton? I'm happy.
0: No, I'm not happy. I'm satisfied if I had... Wide receivers picked. You know, I have a good set of wide receivers. But assuming
2: you took him in the you took uh, in the fourth round,
0: no, Gus, not in
2: the fourth round. You're going to have some good receivers. Probably you oh. took him second. So are you okay at that point?
0: Yes, I am okay at that point. Um, I just don't see the upside.
2: The yeah, upside.
0: I, I prefer
2: Gus as my number three, my flex guy. But if I went a little wide receiver heavy in the first round or maybe if I'm one of those guys that took a quarterback early and Gus was my number two,
0: I'd be okay. I would. As far as running backs, I just I do like going safe, of course, definitely for a flex. He's safe as a flex. I just want some upside if I'm going Running back and forth because there are going to be some beasts come out of that. I'll, I'll agree
2: with that. There's probably not huge upside there. We kind of know where he's going to end up at yeah. the end of thousand the year. Rush yards. He is
0: safe though. Yeah, yeah he's, yeah, safe. he's very safe.
1: Yeah, I mean you know you're, he's he's not going to get a lot of catches. So yeah, I mean you don't have the receiving upside. But yeah, I, I dude, honestly, I I like him. I like him as a top fifteen guy. It's just because of volume.
0: I got him more at the top 24, but I do like him. He, I like him as a back end. Uh, I, I back can't too. argue the volume. The
2: volume yeah. is going to be yeah. there. And volume equals points. So yeah. I, I like Matt's take. Yes, sir. All right. So I'm going to pick uh, – you know, I said it the last podcast for all you out there who are listening. Galladay is just giving me bad vibes. Really kind of the whole Giants offense, to be honest with you, and that's coming from a Giants fan. Their offensive line – has looked atrocious. The left tackle. I don't know what he that guy is doing. So he's moving down your draft he's board. He's moving down my draft board. Okay. So uh I skipped ahead a little bit. <laughs> you did skip I did. ahead a little bit. So am moving up. I'm, I'm going to do my moving down, okay. and then the next one I'll do. I'll just go right into the moving you up. Can
1: re- it's hey, It's your world, man. <laughs> yeah. We're just living it. Well, I'm going twice
2: anyway, okay. you know. So, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, Galladay is moving down my draft board. Okay. And for the reasons that I said, uh, I, don't like, I, had, I don't like what I've seen from Daniel Jones. I've been trying to give the guy a chance. And – His preseason, he's looked really bad. The offensive line has looked really bad. Uh, Galladay's been hurt. Mm -hmm. Hamstring, they tend to linger. I'm not saying don't draft him. I'm just saying he's moving down my board, and he's going to have to really drop for me to go out and take him. There's just too many in that area and his adp around you know five six five six Mm -hmm. uh, he needs to fall further than that there's just too much uh, in that area where i'm just not interested
1: so you're just not even happy as a wide receiver two no i'm not that's hard to say about him though but yeah i mean i get where you're coming from man i mean i I guess wide receiver three i'm stoked but it's probably not going to happen
0: yeah, and if he's getting drafted in six and seven, I do agree. But I do feel like he is one of those last main wide rec- you know, number one wide receivers left on the board. And at that point, if I'm choosing a number two or a number one, I think I'm still on the side with uh, siding with Galladay over a wide receiver number two. Yeah. Of course, not a, the, one of the best wide receiver number twos, but.
1: Yeah, I agree.
2: See, I look at it like if I pass on him. And I look back at the end of the year, is he going to be in the top 10 or even the top 15? Like, wow, I really shouldn't have passed on him. I don't think so. Yeah. So that that's why I'm, I'm good with passing on him. You know, and since I can do whatever I want on the show, you know, I just go in any order I want. Yeah. You know, it's kind of taking over today. <laughs> I'm going to go with who I think's moving up the draft board. There we go. So, you know, now I'm going to do the proper thing. There you <laughs> go. So... If anyone listened to my running the running back rankings we did uh well, like a month ago. Yeah. I was pretty down on Gibson and I am definitely not down on him anymore. Matt has kind of helped me turn the corner on him, but it's not only that. It's I've seen his usage in the preseason and I don't like to take too much away from the preseason. But that man was all over the field. He's getting a ton of touches. He was even being targeted I do think he's going to be on the CMC role on this offense. Mm -hmm. And Ron Rivera said that. He did. And I kind of was skeptical. And I'm not anymore. I had him ranked at like 16, somewhere around there. Yeah, I'm taking him early second round now. I really believe if he doesn't get hurt, I don't see that any reason why he's not going to be a top twelve running back this year. Me, with the potential to be inside
1: the top five. Yeah, he's a, he's an every down back. So I mean, you know how I feel about him. I'm I'm good on Gibson. So yeah, I like that take. I'm glad that we changed your mind, or I changed. You your helped. Mind. You helped. I helped mind. a little you bit. Did. Yeah,
0: you you. Persuaded me too. He's definitely, I think, a safe, you know, top twelve to fourteen guy. I, I'd had no safe words around him at the beginning. I think yeah. he's somewhat safe now. All right,
1: cool. Well, one of my guys is, that's moving. So we, Cliff, we're gonna do the right thing. We're gonna go in order. The our, our guys are gonna.
2: Uh, be you guys are just following the rules. That's so boring.
1: <laughs> one guy that I had uh, higher at the beginning. Uh, now that's dropping a little bit is DeAndre Swift. No disrespect to the guy. I, I love his talent. I, I just don't like the situation he's in, the team he's in. The news is not helping. Uh, we're, reacting, we're reacting to Saquon's injury like it's crazy uh, when when he could probably be back week one. Swift got injured. We don't know if he'll be ready for week one. So, I mean, I get it. Jamal Williams is there. I think he's going to still touch us regardless if, if – uh, swift does his thing or not but yeah i mean his coach is saying he's not game ready he's not conditioned i mean it's just an equation of things that are just adding up to a negative number for me and i don't like it so that's my take i so i think he's moving down i think he's going beginning a third round right now and i'm just not a fan of that i think i'll pass
0: definitely not in the beginning of the third round i i don't want him as honestly yeah i don't want him on my team i i I hate having a running back on one of the worst offenses. You seen Le'Veon Bell go from Steelers to the Jets. You seen what mm-hmm. happened? I uh, and I can see that happening with Swift. It's on you know one of the worst teams in the league. No, I'm staying away from Swift.
2: Yeah, I I I have to agree. I don't think he's he was never that high for me to begin with. So to say he's moving down my board, I mean I, I get where you're coming from. But you know if where he's going and if you are especially if you're doing the the, the no running back theory yeah. all right sure because you I guess you have to at that point but yeah I mean I, I think he yeah he's gonna go a little bit lower but I don't I don't
0: really hate where he's going you yeah. know I will say Matt had him ranked
1: pretty I, high I though, at the start so yeah. oh, you, okay he, yeah. okay
2: that's true so it's yeah. my guy that I'm in. all down. right all right. Playing by well, the rules. you're supposed to always be looking at what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, I gotta
1: be, I gotta be copying yeah, you. Okay, yeah, Cliff, the, you're yeah, up,
0: man. Yeah, the guy I have falling down is kind of short and sweet, and it's Saquon. The main reason I'm moving him down is, of course, because of the health, you know, issues. He's not even for sure for week one, and if I'm picking a guy in the top five, six, maybe even seventh, if we get lucky, I, I just don't want to draft a guy at that It's put my team at risk and all on him when we don't even know if he's gonna be playing week one. So this is a guy who I kinda, of, you know, with the volume, I liked him as your four, five, six guy. I I'm not feeling good at I have pick eight. I'm not feeling good at pick eight if I get Saquon. Just his situation's horrible with the offense and then his health. Staying away from this guy in the first round.
2: Yeah, I, I don't I don't mind you dropping him down some I, I think he should go you know kind of towards the back of the first round yeah. to be honest and you know what it might end up being just right. a steal like right. you know he might come out and be the Saquon of old but i can definitely i can't argue with you dropping him down a little bit if i was down at 10 and he fell to me it'd be pretty hard to pass him up mm-hmm. but if i'm at 4 5 6 yeah he's i'm i'm passing on him
1: yeah i i agree with you but one one thing i saw that was actually pretty cool i heard it somewhere else what you could do i guess Hey, you know, if you're in love with him, you believe in the upside and the talent. Draft him in the first, and then late one of your later round picks. Take Devonte Booker. He just signed with them. Um, he's their clear cut number two. So I mean, you can always plug and play him for a week or two if you need to, uh, and you know, kind of go that route if, if you love Saquon and hopefully he, Devonte Booker, can help your team win a week or two. But the
2: clips point. Do you want to? been the capital of a first-round pick, and then being like, oh, I need to get that handcuff because, you know what, he might not be there or he might not
1: be as good as I think. That's that's what you believe in. If, Like I said, if you believe he's a top-five upside and he falls to the 8 or 9 spot and you can go without him a week or two, uh, I don't hate you for, for taking... Taking a pick on you know a later round guy. Yeah,
2: I'm not dropping him down because I probably wouldn't do that.
1: But it's an option if you.
2: Yeah, like I'm not going to drop him down because he might miss week one, week two. That doesn't really bother me that much. What bothers bothers me me is I don't believe in that offensive line, and I know he's done well in the past with a bad offensive line, and he probably can again, but. I, I just think they're safer picks.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Just if you do believe in the guy and you believe in the town and the upside, that's a route that you could take. Um, but let's go ahead. We'll, did everyone get their their uh, guys
0: moving? Yeah, down I went track? out of order. Okay, so we're I'll good. just make sure. They threw me a little off. I was yeah. like, wait, did we miss? <laughs> no, nope, JK, Dan already went.
1: All right, guys, last question on here. Who is your late-round target or sleeper that you guys are in love with?
0: All right, I'm not gonna say I'm in love with it. I will say I'm in love with his ADP and his possi or his upside. I guess is the good way to put it. And it's Michael Carter. Uh, Fantasy Pros has him ranked 37. They're a really good, uh, reliable ranking system. That's who I've been using the past couple years. And that's running back for the Jets. Yeah, right yeah, there. Michael Carter, running back for the Jets uh has a good chance at either you know starting the season as the running back number one or gaining that position very quick like and he's ranked number 37 so not even in your top 32 guys and i i think that he has a lot of upside he's been getting hyped up in practice and you know the preseason games zach wilson's in town he's gonna move the ball down the field I think Carter will be the focal point of the offense once he does get that starting role, if he doesn't start out week one. But yeah, I think get a guy who could be a starter on a what we're not used to good Jets offense, I think that's plenty of upside and plenty of good value way down and what I can't even guess think, what that round is. I
1: think that he's going to eighth,
0: ninth. Yeah, at least. I mean, that's yeah.
1: that's good value. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, if not, I see him. If he doesn't start right away, Tevin Coleman is. And you know, we don't like to use it. He's injury prone, though. He gets injured. So, I mean, th- there's a gateway for either injury or, I mean, just straight up talent beating him out. Yeah, yeah
2: and, and minus Najee Harris, what running back rookie has fell into a better spot where he has a chance to
0: produce right away? Yeah, you, and yeah, you said it. I couldn't have said that better. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Especially at the value. I, I say things well, you know. Oh, you guys should just
2: you know just go with
0: me.
1: All okay. right, who's your go?
0: Your sleeper is up <laughs> next, Dad. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so I'm going to go with uh, Callaway Marquez, Saints-wide receiver. Okay. And I just love the fact, and I know it's preseason, but I love the way that Jameis, every time he threw the ball deep, it was to him. And he beat double coverage on that one touchdown. I just like him. There's so, that wide receiver room. I think is without Michael Thomas is in a lot of trouble. Somebody has to step up. James loves doing the ball. I don't think that's ever going to change, mm-hmm. and he's the guy. I'm not saying go out and draft him in the seventh round. I'm saying he's a late round sleeper. You know, maybe tenth round if he's still sitting there. Eleventh, twelfth, especially. Go out and get him. Let him sit on your bench early in the year and see how he plays out. If it doesn't work out, it's a late round pick.
1: Yeah, you move I, on. I think one thing that you should look at when you're drafting these late round respe- receivers, especially, and you're going for those, you know, the first, the first guys, look at targets. Week one and two, look for those seven targets, nine targets, ten targets. If they're getting the targets, there's gonna be there's gonna be fantasy points produced eventually. Mm-hmm. So, say week one, he Good comes point. out, he gets two targets wait one week. Week two, he gets three targets. It's time. It's probably time to move on and play the waiver wire and find someone that's getting more love.
2: Right, that's a good point. Which okay. would be
0: the guy, whoever's running next to him on the <laughs> other side of the field, because Pro- that means someone else is getting the targets.
1: Possibly Traequan Smith, but yeah. just in general, though, yeah. look look for targets in those first couple of weeks. Uh, but my guy, honorable mention, of course, goes to A.J. Dillon, but I won't bring yeah. him up because I, <laughs> I use him too much, so... I'm going to use someone else. Henry Ruggs is my late-round sleeper. He was the 12th overall pick last year, and that means something. Nelson Aguilar has left the building, and I think Ruggs will be the number one wide receiver on this team. His average draft position is in the 10th, 11th round sometimes, so it's a very, very low risk but a high reward pick if he ends up being the number one receiver on that team. The only competition at receiver, uh, of of course, other than Darren Waller, is Brian Edwards, also a second-year player. But I, I just see the path more clear for Henry Ruggs. I think they want him to be the number one guy on that team. So why not? And they throw the ball a lot. Derek Carr will throw it deep. Yeah, so.
2: I, I like Ruggs. Definitely his number one there. He could break out the chair. I like that. That's actually a really good pick. And what, what's his ADP at? Probably it's like 10th it's round? 10th, 11th yeah, round. So. Yeah,
1: absolutely. That's a good, I've good been, spot. I've been getting him in a lot of drafts yeah. recently, so I like it.
0: Let's see if I'll stir something out of those two guys you just mentioned Callaway or Ruggs. Yeah. Who do you think y'all are siding with on draft day? Honestly, I think Ruggs is definitely safer.
2: And if they were both there in say the eleventh round, I'm gonna go with Rugs. I just I think Calloway more of a lead round sleeper. Right.
1: Uh, I think if you need someone earlier, I think you go Callaway. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I like the I like Derek Carr. He chucks it deep, but so does Jameis. I mean, I hmm. I don't hate you for either. either yeah, pick, they honestly. both could
0: be breakout players. I guess could I've be. been
1: siding with Ruggs a little more, but yeah, I don't hate either of them. All right. Who's your guy? Oh, you have Carter. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. Everyone said theirs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see, Dan, you got me all messed uh, up. Who's screwing up now? You got the order messed up, Dan. Don't,
2: uh, don't blame that one on me.
1: But, guys, thank you again for joining in. Super, super excited for week one. Next Thursday,
0: right? Heck yeah, seven, six, seven days. Yeah, we're
2: what, six days away yeah. to opening day? I can't even believe it's this close. We, we got big drafts coming I up this weekend. I was about to say,
1: we have our our big draft Saturday, so I know we're all super pumped. We've been learning from each other a little bit, so and I actually I have a pick right after and before Dan, so I feel like there's going to be some me throwing stuff at the wall yeah. because you're stealing my guys. A.J. Dillon in the tent.
2: I might have to go off script a little bit just because you're going to expect things. I got to keep you off balance. All
1: right. Well, don't do that because they need to know. But remember, guys, keep listening throughout the year as we'll have waiver wire shows every week, a preview of the games coming up, much more. Uh, We're going to be coming up some things this weekend to have a schedule for you guys. But be sure to help out by retweeting, asking questions, uh, help us help you guys, and Yeah, we want to help you guys win. Thanks again for tuning in to the Die Hard Fantasy Podcast. We will see you Monday.
2: At Die Hard Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter.
0: Let's go. The season is here. Turn up on the draft this weekend.